Building relationships with singles in my church has always been intimidating. I tell myself that they wouldn't want to come into my mess. So today, I wanted to get more perspective on building biblical relationships with singles. Life as a mom can be really hard, and it can seem like we have nothing left to pour out. I'm Tina, and I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. Join me every week as we talk about God's purpose in our marriage and motherhood. Though at times those feelings of inadequacy can be overwhelming, there is so much joy to be had in the ordinary if we just take a few moments to find it. I've been married for 11 years and have three kids, the oldest of which is now nine years old. So I feel I'm far removed from singleness. I know a lot of singles, but I'm always hesitant to reach out and build a relationship. I convince myself that my crazy is too much for them or that I won't have anything relatable to talk about. To clear things up, I invited my delightful friend Molly, to talk about singleness and share how we can best minister to singles in our churches. Without further delay, let's get into the interview. Molly, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to start off with telling us a little bit about yourself, maybe what you do or some hobbies that you enjoy? Okay. So I'm Molly. I am a nurse and I've been a nurse for Wow, it's about 10 years now almost, which feels insane because I remember starting nursing thinking those nurses were old and they knew everything and and I don't. <laughs> I feel like a baby nurse still, um, learning things every day, which I guess is good. I don't want to feel stagnant. I know that you're also super involved in your local church. What are some things that you do or some ministries that you have in your church? So I started serving the church. I guess the way most women start serving the church is through nursery. And it was not something that I felt called to, but it was more of see a need, meet a need. And I liked it. It was fine. But I wouldn't say I was super passionate about it. And I love kids. It just wasn't like my heart didn't soar, you know, after doing it. It was just doing it because it needed to be done, which is service in its own sense. But then I started doing high school ministry and I do, um, I'm on the leadership team for the junior and senior high school girls and it is just life changing. Every sermon I hear, every retreat we go to, just I'm renewed. I'm renewed. These students, the resources they have to know the Lord and our church body in itself, the way they care for these kids just is exhausting and exhilarating and I just... I didn't know service could feel like this, being with those girls, just hearing their stories and being a teenager in this time in the world is just devastating. You know, seeing what they're exposed to, seeing how their hearts just break for their friends at school. I, I wasn't saved till college, so I never had a youth group. I never had um, that sort of leadership. So just being able to provide that for those girls has just been so phenomenal for my walk in the Lord. And, you know, you got to know, know your Bible to lead them. So it's challenging to me. 
I also do career singles ministry, which I'm on the leadership team for that. And we meet every week. Our church has been so receptive. You know, before it was college and career. And then they separated and we, the career people were kind of lost. And so a couple of us, we met with the church leaders and said, we need direction, we need a group, we need some sort of ministry, and they were so on board. They got people involved, we started meeting. It started at my house, and we had probably maybe 12 to 15 people coming every week, and then we outgrew the house, and now we're at the church every week, and we average around 50 people a week now. So it is definitely an untapped, it was an untapped ministry, and now it's very much a part of our church body. And we have about, I'd say, 15% of our uh, members in our group who don't go to Mission Road because they don't have those type of ministries at their own church. So it's really nice to include other churches, like-minded churches, and then also just outreach to surrounding churches within the city. How did you know how to lead in a youth group setting? I didn't know. Um, The leadership that was there. I mean, we as a church body are so beyond blessed with our youth pastor and his wife, and they are just phenomenal in including and educating and equipping us to be there for the kids. And we have so many events. I mean, the weekly meetups, the weekly Bible study, the retreats we do with the kids, the um, small groups that we do. It's just, it's constant communication with the kids. We are trying to incorporate more communication with the parents to be all on the same team. It's just, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing half the time, but just being an option for them to come talk to another adult example for them to look to. Um, And most of the time, when they come and talk to me or they come and pour their heart out to me, it's something that is a human issue, not like a kid issue versus an adult issue or teenager issue. It's something that I've either dealt with or know someone who's dealt with, but the Bible doesn't, is not age specific, right? The Bible will apply to a toddler and an 80 year old, um, in different ways, but still applicable. But yeah, I had no clue. I still don't know what I'm doing half the time. I'm always shocked that they let me come, you know, that they love me to be there and I just can't get enough of them. I'm telling you, they're just amazing in every way. In every way, the leadership team of the youth group is just phenomenal. I'm constantly challenged by them. Well, it's so great to see the different the different ages and and just like places in life that the whole team is in mm-hmm. too you know the, yeah. the students are able to see that variety yeah there's people who have been married for over 10 years less than 10 years people with kids married couples without kids there's a few single people serving in that ministry so they get to see those different seasons of life and that it's not just a one direct path i deceive myself i, I lie to myself in thinking that you wouldn't have an interest in doing life with my family that you've got all this fun stuff that you can do oh you're just so free we're so fun (laughs) you're so lame see it's true molly just confirmed it (laughs) it's a lie it's a lie that we tell ourselves and it is you know what does satan want most right the church to be divided um and we're allowing it 
we're letting it happen by creating these assumptions about each other's lives. And yeah, your life is busy. Yeah, my life is busy, but we can be busy together. We can make things happen and prioritize our time to make each other an investment. And I think that when we do that, it it only benefits the body. The closer the body is, the better the body works together. And I think that we, I, I mean, I do this. I say, why would they want to? They got other stuff going on or, um, oh, they got kids. They're just, their priority is different. I was like, well, no, our priorities aren't different. They shouldn't you, be. You know, yeah. If we're serving each other in the way that Christ called us to serve each other, then they're not different. They look a lot different, but they're the same. I just think it's something we tell ourselves to make us feel better about being lazy on our service to each other. I mean, there's no marriage in heaven, right? We're all yeah. going to be equal with each other and serving the Lord. And this is just where we are, our lot in life right now. Mm. Um, I think we all have our own crazy. Like the crazy that people who are not married have may look different than the crazy that married people have, but it's still crazy and it's still busy and life is consumed and time is a thief. You know, it goes through the day, the day ends and you go, where did it go? What time is it? It's bedtime already. And that's for anyone, any walk of life. They don't just say like, I'm not just sitting at home being like, well, if I had kids, I'd be doing this right now. Or if I was married, I'd be doing this right now. I don't think you're wrong for thinking that. I think it's, I think it's a lie we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we make time for things that matter in any, in any season of life. And the things that matter to me might look different, but they're still important. And the things that matter to you are very important, but they do look different. Um, yeah, I think it's a kind of a lie that we tell ourselves, like that someone want to be interested in our personal life because we're so boring or we do the mm -hmm. same thing over and over again. And it's like, no, life isn't boring. It's phenomenal and beautiful and I want to be a part of it. I don't want to sit around and wait for it to pass by and be like, oh yeah, that was pretty nice. Like we're living it. We're actively living it. And singles do want to live life with married people because they're people like they're our friends you don't suddenly become a different person because you're married to someone and I'm not a different person just because I'm not married to someone how you said that reminds me of something a lady in our church mentioned at a in a parenting class that they did a few years ago where she was saying that getting together with other people doesn't have to be a big no a big planned out yeah. thing Maybe you have laundry to fold, piles of laundry. Sure. Invite somebody over and fold laundry while you talk. Like, no, most of life is pretty uneventful, right? And that's what I say at the hospital. Oh, it's going to be a boring day for you today. But a boring day at the hospital is a safe and happy day. Um, but most of our day does look pretty mundane and the same. Why can't we do that together? I'm all for it. I'm all for living life in the nitty gritty. Like my house isn't perfect. Your house isn't perfect. We want to look lived Thanks, in. Molly. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> we want it to be lived in and loved in. Like, that's what the houses are for. It's not a museum. I know I need to agree with you on this. <laughs> I'm right. You know, I'm right. So maybe you've already touched on this, but how should the church view singleness? That is not some illness to be cured of. You know, that it's just, just who, like, just a season of life. You know, it's just not a problem or a problem that needs a solution or it needs to be fixed that it's just what we're going what god has called us to do right now in this moment marriage is not better than singleness singleness is not better than marriage we are all just doing what the lord has in front of us at this very moment also that being said there's different people like people just talk to single people. what do you want 
You know, do you want to be married? Do you want to stay single? Because some people are like, no, no, set me up with whoever you can. Or some people are like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm totally content. I don't want to date right now. Um, but it's just, it's not a issue of the person. People think it's like, oh, they're single. That's too bad. Poor thing. Poor thing. If, why are they single? Oh, they're so great. Why are they so single? What, is that a problem? Like, is that an illness that we need to be fixed of? Or like, we need to go see someone? It doesn't, it doesn't make or break us. I'm just afraid that I would be awkward in asking, like how, you can't just go up to somebody and ask, so do you like being single or? Is that fun for you? <laughs> I'm telling you, singleness is like the least interesting thing about a person. There's so much more about a person than their status in that. Well, if, if you were to go back and listen to how you described yourself with your occupation and hobbies, you didn't mention, and I'm single. <laughs> and I'm single. No, no, because no, I don't why? consider myself anything. Why is that the big deal? I don't know. I mean, do you interest yourself? I'm Tina. I'm married. Nope. No. Because it it's not who you are. Yes, you are a married person, but that doesn't define you. I mean, what else defines you? Everything else defines you. Yeah. It's probably not fun or uh, easy to sit there when there's a singles event or something and maybe somebody else is, is so you think you're gonna meet somebody this time at this you know it like I didn't know how to word it when you hear a big single events it seems to be a running joke that the conference is a dating pool to get singles paired up it's not not that you know what I mean but, but that's not the goal it shouldn't be the it goal. It shouldn't be the goal. No. Oh, I hope I I don't want to attend that when that's the only goal. Well, for it to be that, it seems like it's a lot of pressure and <laughs> to put, look good. And well, pressure to find somebody mm. and potential for a lot of hurt when you go into it with that expectation and that didn't happen. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like we do have conferences for singles. Yes. But my intention for a conference that happens to be involved with singles is not to meet a husband. It's literally to go to a conference and hear awesome sermons and grow in my faith. So while it would be a, like an added perk or a bonus of a conference to meet someone, that is not my priority. I wouldn't want to go to a conference where like the whole point is like trolling for a date. It doesn't sound beneficial to have that focus, which is, I, I think you have the right the right mindset though, where I've got great preaching mm -hmm. that I have access to. Yeah. And I've got How awesome friends yeah. who are in the same, the same, not, okay. So stage of life makes it sound. Like there's a next one, right? Well, it makes it sound like, like singleness isn't good enough. Like I, I'm not to the married stage yet so I don't know how to word it other than stage because that just seems to be how it's worded well, it's true stage. that the majority of people do get married yeah right that's not that's that's a true statement I wouldn't say it's offensive to say stage of life or yeah. season of life because it's true so if it's not offensive I can I'm not offended I mean it's just different season of life I don't know I mean maybe that's like the whole like Christian rhetoric where you just maybe. say it and it's just normal and it's not hurtful Maybe someone from the outside could be like, ooh, that, I don't like that. But I don't mind it. How can families best serve singles in the church? How can we 
do life better. Stop assuming. Stop assuming we don't care. Stop assuming you're not cool enough or you're too slammed to do something. Stop assuming that we have all the time in the world because we don't, you know, we have full-time jobs. We care for our families in different ways. We have a household to run. We have the same responsibilities in that sense. Um, the day-to-day -day look a lot different, but we just need to stop assuming what each of us have and what each of us need. I mean, if we want to get involved, literally it's just a question like, want to hang out? Want to come over? Want to have dinner with me and my kids? You know, that sort of thing. It's we're making it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. More aware that we all got stuff going on, right? And just don't assume, assuming the worst in each other. Oh, you have all the free time in the world. Come serve me in this way, this way, this way. You should be more active doing this. Or, you know, you have no time. You're so busy. You live such an extravagant single lifestyle. You wouldn't want to care about little old me. Thank you so much to Molly for taking time to give us all some great perspective today and for making me laugh and being my friend. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, would you mind rating it and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts? I started this podcast to help others, just like you and me, find joy, rest, and refreshment each week. Those reviews go a long way in doing just that. If you can help me spread the word, I'd be really grateful. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Until next time, keep looking for Christ in the ordinary to find the extraordinary joy only He can provide.